I remember when I was a kid and I saw a rainbow for the first time. I was really amazed by it. I kind of thought to myself, okay, what is this thing? Where does it begin? Where does it end? I remember also I was driving in the car once and I was, well, I was being driven in the car. I was a kid. I wasn't quite driving yet. Uh, but I was sitting in the back and I saw the rainbow followed us. So it was quite a mysterious thing, even a magical thing. And I think all of us have had that experience when we look at a rainbow. And when we go through school, we start to learn more what's happening and we learn about how a rainbow occurs. You know, light hits it and it splits into the different colors when it strikes the water molecules. And it kind of removes some of the mystery. But you can imagine that people in antiquity, when they saw rainbows, they must have thought they were remarkable things, mysterious things. And for this reason, each culture really has different stories about rainbows, what they mean, the significance of them. We can think of something, you know, Lucky Charms, everybody's favorite breakfast cereal. You have here the leprechaun coming from the story where they have some sort of treasure at the end of the rainbow. But in the first reading, we see the people of Israel's reflection on a rainbow, what it meant for them. In the first reading, we hear about the flood story and how the rainbow becomes a symbol of God's commitment to recreate people, to make all things new. So we heard in the first reading aspects or, or parts of this flood story from Genesis. And here, of course, we're dealing in a story that is kind of like a legend, even mythical in characteristics, but a story really meant to communicate to us deep and profound spiritual truths. And the story of Noah's flood really talks about how God makes things new, tries to bring about a new creation, because we hear in Genesis how after Adam and Eve are created and people begin to spread throughout the earth, there is a lot of sin within people's hearts is malice, violence, greed. And God looks out and he kind of regrets what he has made and he tries to start again, kind of like hit the reset button. And when we look at Genesis 1 and compare it to the flood, we see that the flood is sort of like an attempt by God to recreate all things anew. In Genesis 1, in the creation account, we hear how the chaos of waters covers all things. And when God creates, God separates the waters, kind of separates them, so that we have dry land where the people and the animals can live. And what is happening in the flood? Well, it sounds like when we read the flood story that God allows those waters that God separated to come back, to cover the lands again. And when the flood stops, he opens up the land once again. In this way, then, God is trying to recreate everything, hit the reset button, start anew. We see, though, however, that things did not go according to plan, even with this reset. That in people's hearts, as we read later in Genesis, there's still sin, this greed, this jealousy remains. But God, in the end, committed himself to humanity to try to make things new, to try to make things afresh, and really, the rainbow is a symbol of this, God's commitment to always try to regenerate humanity, to lead us into the image of himself, of who he wants us to be. But the flood, however, failed to properly do this. It's really with the coming of Christ that God is able to recreate us, to make us new. In the gospel today, we hear about Jesus going into the wilderness. And this is a very significant story when Christ is led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, where he encounters temptations there in the wilderness from Satan, and he encounters difficulties from the wild beasts.
But this image of Jesus in the wilderness is supposed to remind us of Israel in the wilderness, God's chosen people. We know that when Israel was led through slavery in Egypt, they wandered there in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they, like Jesus, were tempted. They were tried, they were tested, but Israel failed. They failed the test. They gave in to temptation. They complained. They disobeyed God. Jesus then, when he's in the wilderness, is changing this completely. Jesus is this new human being, also truly God, but a new human being whose heart is able to follow God properly, whose heart is able to love God and to love neighbor fully. Whereas Israel tempted and failed, Jesus in the wilderness is tempted but never disobeys God, continues to remain true to his calling. For this reason, St. Paul oftentimes refers to Jesus as the new Adam. Whereas in the flood, God tried to make things new, to recreate, it's with the coming of Christ where there is truly a new creation, where humanity and our hearts are made new. And Jesus then, after going into the wilderness, succeeding through this temptation, goes out to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near. This kingdom of God is another way of describing a new world has come into being, a world in which human beings can live in proper relationship with God and proper relationship with neighbor. Jesus Christ is the first, then, of this new creation who allows this new world to come into being, a world that starts now and continues on into eternity. It's in our baptism, really, and we celebrate today a baptism and we prepare and pray with those who are in our RCI program as they prepare to be baptized and enter the church. It's really in our baptism where we become these new creation. In our second letter from 1 Peter, this comes across quite clearly. In baptism, we are made anew. We are recreated. But it's a process in which we need to participate We are, through our life, trying to become this new human being who is more and more like Christ Jesus, but we need to participate in this. As Christ says in the Gospel, we're called to repent and to believe. Really then, this journey of Lent, these 40 days that we have begun with this first Sunday, are all about reminding ourselves of our journey to become this new creation, that God is making us new slowly but surely, but with our cooperation. It's a time for us to kind of hit that reset button in an intentional way. Lent, I think, sometimes gets a bad reputation, a bad rap. We can think Lent, okay, it's all about giving things up, maybe praying more, fasting. It's kind of a, a period of the church's life where we just have to kind of hunker down and make it through so we can celebrate Easter. And of course, there are sacrifices we make in Lent, But I'd like us perhaps this morning to take a higher view of what Lent is, kind of a macro view, a bird's eye view of what we're trying to do here in Lent. We're trying to highlight or remind ourselves of how God is recreating us. And I think we have a lot of images from our life to help us understand that. We can think of Lent, for example, like a checkup at the doctor that we put off for a long time, where we go in and have kind of all of ourselves checked out, to make sure that we are in good health. Or we could think of the world of technology. I think there's a lot of images that kind of help us understand Lent. You know, with our phones every so often, we need to get a software update. Lent can be like that. Or Lent can be a time for us to kind of go into our emails and start afresh to delete them all. 
I wish I could do that. That would be a wonderful experience to have no emails in my inbox. But what a wonderful feeling that is. Or we can think, for example, in our houses or maybe our office to declutter things, to maybe sit down and write our goals out about how we want to go forward, what is most important. Lent really is this kind of practice, a spiritual kind of practice, where we highlight and remind ourselves that Jesus is making us new through our baptism. We are becoming these new creations. In Lent, then, of course, we usually give something up, make some sacrifice, we pray more. And of course, these are important spiritual practices. As Jesus says, we need to repent and we need to believe. Our participation is important. But perhaps during this first Sunday of Lent, let us kind of take a more bird's eye view to remind ourselves what this time of the year is about and maybe even view it positively, if that's possible, to see that this time of Lent is a grace, is a blessing. Because this time of Lent is a chance for us to highlight in a particular way, to focus in a particular way on what our whole Christian journey is about. That in the end, in Jesus Christ, we have become a new creation. And Jesus, with our participation, but through the strength of God, is making us new here and now, so we can enjoy that life with God forever in heaven. Let us then, on this first Sunday of Lent, try to approach this season in this way, to see this season as a time of renewal, a time of grace where God is making us a new creation.